All right. Now, I know you guys are wondering, like, why then? Why then? Where am Has he got the podium up here? And I wanted to do something a little transparent today, um, even referring back to what we talked about last week. Last week, I dealt with Samson, and I wanted to deal with David this week. But God sent me in an entirely different direction. So you guys understand it. But I want to start here. This podium and or pulpit is has been a symbol in my life for 38 years. Not this one, but what this looks like. My father being a minister, I grew up in the church all my life. So this symbol represents a lot of time, a lot of work, you know, going back and forth to churches and stuff like that. But it's some, this pulpit symbol also represents a lot of pain. A lot of pain. From the majority of my life, I've never felt qualified for this. I never felt worthy for this. Even though I knew God had called me, I knew that when I was about 15, I knew that God called me into the ministry. But I never felt worthy enough to stand here. And this Going back to Samson from last week, Samson did not uh, did not have an investment in his faith. Samson was born; he was conceived. He was told his mother told was told by the archangel of the Lord that you would conceive and bear a son, and his he would be a Nazarite, and you can't cut his hair. So Samson grew up with the knowledge that he couldn't cut his hair. But Samson hadn't invested that faith himself. So when the, when, when, when the, when, when, when the trial came, when um, Delilah re requested to know the secret to his strength, it didn't mean anything for Samson to tell her what it was. Because Samson had not invested in his faith he was living somebody else's faith. See, many of us are where we are today because we are living somebody else's faith. We, we, we look, you, you know, that there are, um, like a, a car, right? You know, there are people, like, let's say, for instance, if you get a 1968 Shelby and you buy the, the exterior, the shell, the body, and you just put an engine in it, it is worth a sum of money, right? While my car got out there. But then, if you get a 1968 Shelby and you get the serial code to all the pieces, if all the serial numbers match from the engine to the taillight, that Shelby is worth more than the one you put a new engine in. See, when you, when you are invested into God, in all of the serial numbers in your life, from your health, 
from your wealth, from everything. When you're invested like that, what happens is you become more valuable. But when you are living somebody else's faith and your serial numbers are not matching, you're not as valuable. See, it's not saying that there isn't, that there isn't important. Both of those cards will get you from A to B. But one is more valuable than the other. So Samson did not have his value. His serial numbers didn't match on the inside. They matched on the outside. He looked the part of a Nazarite. He looked the part of a judge. He looked the part of a man that knew what he was doing. He looked that part. But on the inside, he was not matching. On the inside, on the inside, see, not, not, not on what nobody could see, on what the people couldn't see, he was not matching up. See, somebody has told you that it's okay to live a faith that you're not invested in. Somebody has said, it's okay, you know, you don't have to really put forth much interior effort on the inside, but you can just be as false and fake and not as worthy as you are supposed to be, because guess what? You don't have to put in the work. You see, for me, my life, because I grew up in the house with a prophet and a priest, I did not develop the relationship with God that my dad had because his relationship with God led him into the ministry. And I thought that because my dad had paid his dues to be where he was, that his dues would pay my way. All right. Come on now. And that's not the case. So you, you're upset that the government and the system will not necessarily do things for you that you feel you are owed. So you keep looking and thinking that your source is the check that you're trying to get. You keep thinking that your source is the God and the grits. No, 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 no. That's not your source. See, your source is in God. And the moment you connect with him, the moment you get that, that's when you will understand and you will see and be able to transition from where you are right now. Now, I'm talking about symbols, but I'm going to something. You, you want to see where I'm going and it's going to knock the socks off. Because see, symbols are important. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they got a plague throughout the camp, Moses had to get a, 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 a snake and put it on a staff. And everybody that was plagued with the sickness had to look at the staff and they would be healed. Now, here's the crazy part. See, the thing is, it's a symbol. And it's a symbol that's so, so unique and so revered that when you look at a doctor's coat, they have a symbol of the snake on it. That's where that symbol comes from. It's crazy. Because you think about most, you think about doctors, you think about science. And science and religion, to my knowledge, not supposed to mix. But here it is: a doctor has a snake on a staff, on a shirt that's going to heal you. Now that's unique, but it's a symbol. See, symbols are important, but there is a problem sometimes with symbols. 
when you catch the symbol, but don't catch the power behind the symbol. See, you got everybody. We can wear the cross. On Easter, we talk about the cross. We talk about the blood of Jesus. We talk, we talk, we talk. We talk about a symbol. But if you really want to know if a person is caught up in the blood of Christ and not the symbol, you tell it by the fruit they bear. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. You know, a symbol. Let's look at apple. The apple, the little piece of apple that's cut out and bit out. It's, a, it's called nowadays a brand. But technically it's a symbol. And when you see that symbol, that symbol stands for a certain brand, a certain value. When you see Ford on a car, you know that that's a symbol. Toyota, Toyota. That's a symbol. When you look at I should bring up the Falcons. But when you look at the Falcons, it's the symbol. Right? You know what I mean? Here's the crazy part. When you look at the Falcons, you feel disdain. When you look at the Patriots symbol, you're like, man, I'm doing Why? Because they have invested something different than the Falcons. And when you invest, I was listening to uh, T.I., who is from the uh, west side of the Atlanta Bay area. Hence the king hat. Say again? Hence the king hat. Hence the king hat. <laughs> T.I., he has a new podcast called Expeditiously. <laughs> and if you know T.I., you know it fits perfectly with who he is. And on the first episode, he interviewed, I don't know if you guys know, but there was a rapper named Rick Ross, right? But Rick Ross is not the original Rick Ross. No, he's not. <laughs> Rick Ross is his name from Freeway, Ricky Ross, who was the cocaine kingpin of the 80s. Now, he was one of them. One of them. But, but I'll tell you, he was in the top three. He was up there now. He was so up there that he was working with the government, with the Contras, and down there in the South of South America. So, that's pretty. Y'all remember, if y'all ate it, baby, y'all remember Oliver North? Yeah. With the Iran Contra affair? Freeway Ricky Ross was working with the government. Well, not technically working with the government. Right. He was working with the Contras in that Iran Contra affair. He was in the Contra part on the low end with the Coke. Now, Freeway Ricky Ross made an investment. He invested in the drug business. See, Lee, he made an investment that turned out and looked like it was lucrative. I shouldn't say looked like. You beat your mind on money, you boy. Goodness gracious. I thought you were throwing a million dollars in like a couple of days and it turned into 10 million, 20 million dollars a week. You know, he had so much money, he didn't know where to put it. But then one day, all of that came to a halt. See, that's what's going to happen when you're in the, in the dope now. You're either going to die, be in jail, or you Because there ain't no other. There ain't no other outcome. You are going, if you make an investment in that lifestyle, you're going to die. Now, here's the crazy part. Let's take, for instance, somebody like, who in here knows who Warren Buffett is? 
You phone them, put your hand down. I know you know Warren Buffett. I know you know. Warren Buffett is nicknamed as the Oracle of Omaha. Because Warren Buffett is one of the wisest and one of the most successful business people in the history of the country. He, he was so, Warren Buffett was so, his company was so big. Does he, do they still own Coca-Cola or a part? Yeah. yeah, they own a, a, a minority or a majority state. Minority now. He owns a minority state in Coca-Cola. I think when he got it, he had the majority. And he and Warren Buffett said in the interview, I got, I got a majority state in Coca-Cola and I raised it by a penny. And that, that one penny translated into billions of dollars. Just one penny. Warren Buffett says, I wake up in the morning at 4 o'clock. Now, Warren Buffett is what, 85 or something? Yeah, he gets dressed. He gets into his Cadillac. And he drives to his office. He goes into his office. And all he does for four hours every, every day is read. He reads a book sometimes from the investment catalogs or a business, or a, a business from the 60s. And they said, well, why are you reading a business? He said, they did something right in the 60s. I'm trying to find the, 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 the secret so I can do it now. Because <coughs> he's invested. He's put in the time. He's putting in time in the right places. Samson had not invested in his hair. His hair was simple. If Samson had invested in God himself, they could have cut all his hair off his body. God would not have left him. But because Samson was not invested in God, he was invested in the symbol. When they cut the hair, he lost his power. What are you investing in? Is it the malt liquor? Is it the drugs? Is it women? Struggling, bro. You ain't gonna get no complaints from me. <laughs> Talk about the lady. I ain't gonna fight you. <laughs> At all. I understand, man. I'm a man too, so trust me. <laughs> that, that's what happened to, to Sam. He, he came across the line and the line. She got that info about it. We're like that right now. A, a woman has been the fall of a million of me. Especially like the mob guys. They, if they couldn't kill him, if they couldn't kill one or two of them, they'll wait till he go see his mistress. And they pay off and they get him. You know what I mean? So trust me. It, 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 I understand. But here's the thing. Because like I said, I wanted to I wanted to talk about David, and David is a good story, and it's around a woman, so that may be later on. <laughs> Not only just a woman, but there are some other things, too. But God showed me something else. He said, Jimmy, I was riding down University Avenue, and I pulled up to a light, and across the street, facing the other direction, that was a lady. And she waited for the light to turn red, and she walked to the car. And she just held out her hand. And I said, hmm. Then something said, when you go by, I want you to holler something out the window. I said, why am I going to holler something out the window? 
no one cared. But see, now the heroin and the opiates have gotten to the suburbs. Yeah. And now they care. Yes, but I gave you a plant that the only thing you got to do to it is grow it, cut it, and dry it. But God outlawed it. And it helps with PTSD, cancer, anxiety, glaucoma, all of it. It helps you that. But see, 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 you, you caught up in the wrong symbol. See, if you don't understand the power of the symbols, if you don't understand that when you when you don't use or don't understand that the symbol is not the power, that the power that's behind the symbol is the power. And you start connecting to the power. See, some of y'all are wondering why your lives are not changing and you're coming to the mission. You're connected to the symbol. You're connected to the logo. See, the logo says the Atlanta mission. The logo says hope. The logo says, hey, look, we're going to give you a place to stay, food to eat. The logo. But see, the mission of the mission is to get you out. See, statistically, I don't know if y'all understand how uh, uh, nonprofit organizations work. Nonprofit does not mean profit. It's business one on one. Y'all don't know if y'all got it. Use your pen and a pad. I'm gonna use business one on one. Nonprofit does not mean no profit. Nonprofit means that you are not selling items to gain your revenue. It means that you are going to people with numbers that says they should give you money. Now, the lights, the food, the things you have here, the taxes of these premises, they're paid by somebody called donations that are tax deductible. So the people who give money to the mission write the money they give off in taxes. The corporations that give money to the mission write them off in taxes. So when the people who are the board of directors at the mission go to these businesses and ask for money, they have to give them numbers. And if the numbers in is more than the numbers out, they fail. If the numbers out are more than the numbers in, then they succeed. So for you people who've been here six months, eight months, a year, you are a part of the mission failing, not succeeding. You know what I'm saying? These are statistics. These are the numbers. There are numbers in business. It's called P&L, profits, losses. What that means is a car is not valuable until it reaches a certain age. That's why when you see these cars with those little, little bit of car tags on the back that say uh, antique, now that car is valuable. You ain't gonna see a 2019 charge because it ain't valuable. So, now mind you, unless you get a Bugatti, you know, like y'all got some Bugatti, let me know I need one. Boss man, do me a favor. You see me talking, right? So let me ask you, how smart was that to come put it together? You see me talking? 
Lord, I'm not king. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> statistically, right, the numbers say that if a hundred people leave the mission and eight hundred here, they're going to have to close the doors. You know that? But if eight hundred leave and two hundred here, well, y'all are doing something magnificent for the community. Let me write you a check off the Blank Foundation. Say, how much do you need? You need any more property? Do you need more shad? Because see, these people who are here that work, I don't, I'm a volunteer. Those people who actually work here, they're getting paid. That comes from the bottom line from somewhere. And it comes from you working. I hate to say work in the system because it's so negative. You going through the system and leaving. You need to be the good statistic, not the bad one. Businesses will not move to certain areas because of the educational system and because people are not qualified to do the jobs. You can't get a tech business. I'm sorry. To be political for one second. When Donald Trump made the last statement saying, I'm going to bring back textile jobs, there were idiots who believed it. Most people don't realize that the jobs nowadays are uh, uh, computerized. You almost have to have a degree to flip fries at McDonald's. So you mean to tell me that Donald Trump is going to build a multi-billion dollar facility in a rural community and give jobs to people who can't read and write and do math? They would have to move an entire infrastructure with qualified personnel to that area for that job to be successful. You have to understand that when you are not connected to the symbol, and not you're not connected to the symbol, but you're connected to the, the, the power behind the symbol, that's when you can make change. You see, the woman at the well she was going there because guess what? Everybody knew about who she was. Let's just say, a man with a knife. <laughs> see, women, see, see, the woman is a unique creature. <laughs> women, when they find out who you are and what you do, they're going to ostracize you to the high heaven. Girl, don't fool her. She'll take your hand. Who? She took Mary, Jane, Chuck, and, and Suzanne, man. She gonna take your too. Don't go that way. Don't let her in your And she thought that Jesus didn't know. 
So when Jesus said, hey, can you give me some water? She said, you know what? Not because of, of what she did at night, but because of who she was culturally. And her culture and Jesus' culture, they didn't cross paths. They didn't help each other. Jesus was like, look here, basically, let me put it in today. He's like, look here, lady, I need some drink. I'm tired. <laughs> can you give me some water? <laughs> well, forget all that. I ain't got the bucket. You got the bucket. Can you give me some water, please? You know. So, so the lady said, well, I can use some water. So Jesus started talking to him, and he hit him with his line. That thing's so serious. And that's like the woman on the street who was begging for money. Who most of us who have begged for money, what we don't understand. When Jesus said, I can give you living water. See, it wasn't about water no more. See, she was pulling water from a previously invested. Item. She was just like Samson. She was believing in something she hadn't invested in. She was going every day to pour water from the well, feeling ostracized by the other women because the other women wasn't going to let her come during the cool of the day to get water. Because let me ask y'all a question. Who in the world gonna stand outside on this concrete at one o'clock in the morning? Not one o'clock in the morning. One o'clock in the afternoon, twelve. Not right now. We don't know sure. A hundred degrees, man. Oh man. Stand out there on the corner, you have lost. No, I don't care if you give me twenty dollars per car. I ain't doing it. And the only reason you will go and do it is because there is something inside of you that ain't right. There is something inside of you that feel, don't feel like something ain't right, and I feel ashamed of who I am. See, she didn't go when the other women went, not because she was, you know, I don't remember, she was ashamed. See, some of us are looking for proof of Christ. I'm going to tell you what the proof is in a minute. See, she was ashamed. So she's sitting up there going, because it don't say in the scripture, it don't say, you can read it, John 4, if I'm correct. She don't say, the, the scripture does not say, and the other women moved out of the way for her. It don't say that. It says it was Jesus and her at 12 o'clock, high noon. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and moving high noon. What's going to happen how you going to die at high noon? That was the only thing we're going to have a shootout at high noon. Her and Jesus was at the standoff at that wheel. And she was saying, look here, man, I don't know who you think you are, but uh, nah, we're going to fool, but you know what? Because I'm such a nice woman anyway, and you a man, I give you some world. So, guess what? Jesus, Jesus tells him, you know, I can give you some little water. And she said, you want to thirst She said, oh. And see, what she was thinking about was the water. You see, when Joseph, when Joseph, who the well was named after Joseph's well, when Joseph was thrown in the prison after Potiphar's wife lied on him, Joseph didn't take what they did to him. He took, he didn't take the lemons. I mean, he took the lemons and made lemonade. He got thrown into nothing and turned out and made the business of prison a business. Who in here seen Shawshank Redemption? 
Listen, man, that dude, what? Let me tell you something. That brother saw a spider in the back. When that man at the end, uh, look at them both. Why is one and one not equal to two? Then he ran to the little, the prison say, and he, he opened the Bible and that's a man, that's God look. That was deep. I got deep on that one. That was deep. They would go in the movie, they would bust up the room, right? Because they got to see if you got weapons, all this other stuff. He had a Bible. And they never touched the Bible. So he hid his chisel in the Bible. Jesus. I just said that there was going to be proof. That was a little proof. Uh, he, had, he, he hid his chisels in the Bible that he used to get free. That hit some y'all, man. Think about that. So, let me ask, I, I, he hid it in himself. He hid freedom in the symbol. And you're looking for what's going to make you free, what's going to break the chains. He broke out his chains by hiding the tools in a book. Jesus is at the well with the woman. And then Jesus says to her, well, go get your husband. She said, well, she said, basically, she referenced, you know, uh, yeah, I go get my husband, blah, blah, blah. And then Jesus said, well, you know, that one you got into was, you know, yeah. Now, wait a minute now. You don't know me, I don't know you. How you know I done had all these men? See, when you're at the window, and you holding your hand out for the money. See, if you're if you believe your source is coming from the window, you will always come back to the window. And then you will always go run and hide in shame. But when you realize that your source is in Christ. It'll change how you see yourself. See, the problem is not where you are. The problem is in the mirror. And you keep seeing yourself. I'm not talking to y'all right now, God talking to me. The problem is when you look in the mirror, you don't see. see you're seeing yourself. See, the lady at the well was going back to the well at a time when she did not have to deal with the scrutiny of the other women. And Jesus was telling her, not about that you're not going to need water no more, but I'm going to give you living water, which is the water that says, ladies, let me tell y'all something. When you catch this dude named Jesus, I'm going to go back to the well at 1 o'clock, at, at in the evening, in the morning, whenever I feel like it. Because I know that I've met a man who know about me and know the mistakes that I've made and still wants to redeem me. See, the proof is not in what you can prove. The proof is the fact that Jesus still wants to redeem you no matter where you at. See, 
See, that's the proof. No other religion gonna give you that kind of proof. See, every other religion says when you mess up, you're done. When you mess up, when you screw up, because I don't know about y'all, unless you God, you're gonna mess up. Raise your hand and you I could go so many ways with that, but I don't do it. If you're perfect, raise your hand. Because every other religion, Scientology, Islam, the Jehovah's Witness, uh, Egypt, Scientology, all that right now. Once you mess up, you want them. They're going to kill you, ostracize you, throw you away. But Christianity is the only faith that says, I'll take you just as you are. Mistakes and all. Drug addiction and all. Alcoholic or not. I will take you as you are and I will clean you up because now you're depending on me as your source. As my as old folks used to say, you don't believe in trying for yourself. I used to wonder what the heck that meant. I was 17, 18, 25. Now I got a little older and got beat up by life. Boy, let me tell you something. Until you try and put yourself out, you ain't gonna understand. See, the woman at the well, she she had been so messed up because of what the other women were doing. The rumors, the whispers about who she was and what she was doing and with, that she couldn't see the forest for the trees. And she was at a realm of dreams. Getting water that was a lie. Some of y'all gonna catch that a little bit later. See, 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 let me explain something to you too. Everybody in here have come across, know somebody that's a pusher man. You know what I'm saying? See, sometimes some of our biggest pusher men are our governmental systems. Because they want you to stay broke. So they can keep you dependent on the government. See, the dope pusher makes his money by selling quality product that keeps you coming back. The corner show is a dope pusher because it's got the mad dog 2020 and it know you buy 20 on the one. Supply. Business went on. Now, now you want you understand why we can't get, get rid of the prison system? See, they don't want you to think. They need to keep it real one. They do not want you out of the prison. Because how many people are employed across the country in prison? And if they wanted you to stay out of prison, they would give you the right to vote. But once you become a convicted felon, you can't vote no more. And once you become a convicted felon, you can't get a decent job. So if you can't vote or get a good job, what are you going to do? Go back to a life of crime, which basically keeps you going back to prison. Keeping the people employed. If, if we eradicate homelessness, how many businesses go out? Think about it. 
open your mind. See, you have got to use the mission for what it's here for. Don't abuse the mission. See, there's a difference between use and abuse. There are plenty of people who drink alcohol that are not alcoholics. But when you abuse the substance, it'll kill you. See, if you abuse the mission, you will ultimately kill the mission. But if you use the mission, you will ultimately give other people opportunity who fall on hard times. This is not the place you sit and wait for the government to cut you your check. It's not. Because that's a process. And that process can take God on home. You see, what God is trying to tell you is not to sit here and wait for your check. God is trying to tell you that you need to heal some relationships in your life. Because those relationships have roof, clothing, and food. And you go and heal you don't need the mission. See, 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 God is, see, see, you wonder why God holding up your check. He, I'm trying to tell you, you need to go be in the fence with your son. Your daughter. Your ex-wife. Your mom. Your dad. He might be telling you, you need to fix some stuff in your life. You keep going to the government saying, I need my check. The government saying, we're going to get to the God saying, well, go fix your life. See, God might be waiting on you to get yourself clean. But you don't do that. God knew it. You're not God in prison. What are you talking about? Going to have yourself clean. If you lost your mind, it's free. I can get out of this heat. You think I'm going to take me? I'm not getting up. I'm not going to work. See, there, there we go again. We have to get to the point to where we stop trying to just skim. Let me tell you something. Who in here know uh, how they, is it cheese? I, I think they make cheese a particular way, right? They have to separate the weeds and the curd, right? right yeah. You know, and the curd has to float to the top. And they got to pull that stuff off of it, right? Look here. Let me tell you something. Some of y'all will not allow yourself to float to the top when you get out of here. I won't stay at the bottom so I can consistently not be separated. Because I don't want to be accountable for my actions. And Jesus was telling the lady, look, you don't no longer have to live in bondage. I can free you from the embarrassment that you feel. I can free you from the mistakes you made. I can free you. There's a guy called David Blaine. Anybody ever heard of him? He's a magician, right? He's got a, a show on Netflix. I was bored as all get out. Huh? I was found so bored, I was flipping through all of those stuff on Netflix. So I stopped as I've seen him before. I've seen him before. And I, I said, oh, you see what I'm I, I need some uh, mental stimulation. There, there was a, a dude that was a magician back in the 40s. 
And what he did was he would drink a whole lot of water. Then he would drink gasoline. And the gasoline would sit on top of the water. And he would light a fire. And he would, uh, and he would uh, spit the gas on the fire. Cause it to go woof, woof. And then when the fire was large, he would use all the water that he had stored to put out the fire. Now I'm looking at the TV show I'm like, what the, how the crap did you do that? So then David Blaine said he wanted to know how to do it. Because he saw a dude in Africa do the same thing. So it took him about two or three years to find that guy. He said, hey man, first of all, why are you doing this? And then can you teach me how to do it? So the black guy said, I didn't start doing this until we didn't have clean water in my, in my community in Africa. So what I did, I taught myself how to hold water in my gut so that when I got back to my tribe, I could give them little Yeah, I don't want to let God do God. And I, I saw that, but I, I knew that I knew it was something now, but I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. because guess what? The guy, when he would regurgitate the water, it didn't look like you know, y'all, you know, we all of us been at we done all pray at the portion of God at least one time. Right. Okay, just so we all on the same should be. You know, the water was as pure and as clean as it was when he drank it miles away. And he taught David Blaine how to suck in the water, hold it, separate it from his regular body, hold it in his body, and regurgitate the water clean. See, when you get living water, what happens, you know what I always say I always said I wasn't going to be no preacher, but Lord, I'm so holding back. Anyway, when you get living water, the woman at the well, she ran back to the community she was ostracized from and told all of them, look, there's a man out there who told me everything about myself. He must be. When this man was regurgitating clean water, he was giving life and taking it back to where he come from. See, if you want to get out of here, I'll tell you how. Use the mission. Use the stuff that it has. Get out of here and go tell your brothers who now begging you for money where to go to get free. Don't get caught up in the symbol. Get caught up in the power. I've been running all my life from that symbol. I've been running saying, God, I'm not qualified. I'm not ordained. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the power. And my daddy used to beat on the, on the pulpit. And I never understood why. Now I do. Because I was caught up in the fact I wasn't good enough. But Jesus said, But God said in the Old Testament in Jeremiah 1 that I 
knew you before the foundations of the world. And I ordained to you. Every time, this is not just people's tip. Every time I've tried to go and do ministry and preach and I have got uh, hit a wall and I just couldn't get myself through past the wall. And God said, you keep trying to go through man who has a flawed system when I have ordained you myself. It's not about theologies. It's not about doctrines. It's about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And you get to know that. You can have knowledge, the power. You can have everything in the world you want. But until you get Jesus, and he can redeem you and give you living water, and the proof of the pudding when he can do that to you, and you catch it, it will change your life. And when you catch it, guess what you'll be able to go back and do? You'll be able to go back to those brothers who are with the ancient Egyptology and tell them about Jesus. Right. I got 10 minutes, but don't try to tie this in. Paul was a Roman citizen, educated in the Harvard and Princeton of his time. Paul had to give a sermon. Lord, now I need my dad. I need a reference, and he know that he know it because I done heard him preach. I can't remember if he was on. I can't remember what Paul was, but anyway, he was uh, at a place that had a bunch of uh, false gods, statues, and then there was a a, um, a flat piece of concrete or whatever that had uh, a plaque that read "To the Unknown God," and Paul who was a reformed Roman, got up on that platform and started telling them about Jesus. See, when you catch him, you'll go back. And you ain't worried about what they're going to say to you. They can call you every kind of name under the sun, but you're going to be like, brother, I know Jesus. Y'all can call me. You can do whatever you want to. You can beat me. You can throw. Well, see, Stephen, see, see, Paul was there when Stephen was song, holding the coats. And Stephen did not take his eyes off the Lord. And Paul could not quite understand it. And when he was on the Damascus road, he had an encounter. And when he had that encounter with God, it changed his life. And so when Paul got the opportunity to tell them about Jesus, he did. Because Jesus redeemed Paul. And Paul used his knowledge to write the majority of the New Testament. I got a tattoo on my arm that's from a group that's from Atlanta, McCray, called 116. It stands for Romans 1st chapter 16th verse. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. See, when you, I used to wonder when I got, I got this tattoo. Some people don't like McCray no more. That's fine. I don't care. But it don't matter to me because Romans 1 and 16 is what, what I'm here for. When you are not ashamed, you ain't worried about what nobody's going to say about you. You can call me every name underneath God's son. But see, I know the son. <laughs> you see, see, Samson's problem was he didn't know God for himself. And when, when Delilah, let me just keep it real, when Delilah put it on him, Samson 
told her. Because Samson was wrapped up in the physical look of what it was to be a Nazarite. He wasn't wrapped up in God. Until you get wrapped up, swallowed up, ain't up, been up, whatever it is you want to be up with Jesus, you will continue to have to come back here or never leave. Because see, the thing is, you have an opportunity. Every opportunity. And you say, well, I can't get out of here. Let me tell y'all something, man. You know, the crazy part about this is there is so much money that's free and opportunity that's free. But if you don't want to take advantage of those opportunities, it's on you. It's not on the opportunities. It's left up to you. But see, the problem is you have not connected with your source. You see, the woman at the well, she thought her source was the water at the well. She thought her source was in her, it was in Joseph's well. She did not realize that the source is not the water at the well. That will keep you alive. But she did not catch that when you get the water that keeps you alive, you need the source that will keep you going for Christ. She was ashamed of who she was, and Jesus gave her the warning she needed to go back and tell everybody about this man she met. See, I'm gonna have to, I, I gotta do it, but it's gonna be next week. See, I'm gonna have to give y'all a trailer for next week. See, David, David, how what is it? What what does it feel like to get everything and then lose it all? David was given everything. He didn't have to work for it. He was just a shepherd boy. But God gave David everything. But one bad decision, God took it all. See, some of us have been given great things. That includes me. God gave to us. But you made one bad decision. You took it all. I guarantee you, when David was on top of that building, he saw, looked down there, and he saw this nice tenderoni. And he didn't, he didn't make the decision that morning. And he was going to have to go in and kill you, right? I don't think they even thought about that. He got wrapped up, no different than Samson. He got wrapped up, caught up, shackled up, in the sheep. And lost. Now, he, and here's the great part about the redemption of Christ. David was given it all, lost it all, and then given back it all. David's own son kicked him out of the palace, threw him down the road, tried to kill him, <laughs> wanted to kill him. David's own general said, look here, Pop, look here, Karen, let me tell you something, I love you. And I love your family. But we got to kill that dude. You know what I'm saying? The general said, look here, man, let me tell you something, I love you, I love you, y'all. Don't kill me, Karen. But that dude right now, got to die. You know? You ever saw somebody like, look here, man, let me tell you, if I see you one more time, I'm going to be some furniture, you know what I'm saying? David got everything. 
gave him everything and then David lost it because of man. And then he loses it. He actually he lost it twice. Because he lost it, he lost the son that they had. And then God had to fix him and, and get him right. Then he lost it again when Absalom threw him out. And then God had to give it back to him. That's a lot. That's a deep story. Because let me tell you something. David invested in his faith in God. When David heard what Goliath was telling the children of Israel, David said, Y'all scared of that? And his bro- David's brother said, Man, try to get your little people behind all the way out of your water. This is military stuff. You, you were talking about some use. We scared of Goliath. Let me tell y'all something. Give me two rocks and a sledgehammer. I'm thinking, man, y'all lightweight. They say, who do you think you are? Let me tell y'all something. I killed a lion and a bear. Surely God will give me this uncircumcised Philistine. He invested in his faith with action. Tell me something. How many of y'all still running from Goliath? Well, you out there, you out there, Usain Bolt down Piedmont from the line. <laughs> what, 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 uh, uh, what's the cartoon with the little bird? <laughs> Bro, beep, as soon as the line show up, you will beep, get you. <laughs> you know, and that brought back some, God gave me a word on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that too. About the coyote and the road runner, but that thing beat. Gave me that about two years ago. I'm like, that thing be cool. So, y'all, y'all still look down the road, people go, you running from the lie. What, what's your lie? Is it drugs? Keep it This is right. There is no. Okay, break. Smoke break. Okay, my bad. I got, man, y'all, somebody better say something. I told, listen, my daddy's Baptist. I'm probably supposed to be a Baptist preacher. So, I would, the, the, the apple don't fall far from the tree. And I just, I don't know why, you know, that's where it's crazy. I used to wonder why they say, you know, the Baptist preachers always preach too long. Here I am, I go, why you give me a microphone? I go two hours. Easy money. Easy money. Man, listen, fellas, I'm I'm, uh, thank y'all. I'm happy. It's good to see y'all. Y'all have a good day. Good, me too. And hopefully the family can win. Thank you.